Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace. MemberSpace makes it easy to run a membership business by plugging into your existing website so you can protect any page content you choose. Your members can also sign up and manage their account without ever leaving your site. Learn more and start a free trial at memberspace.com. Welcome to Member Maker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Alexa Paduzzi and Bjork Ostrom of Food Blogger Pro about having a member-first mentality, the importance of making sure your pricing reflects the value of your product, and the different marketing strategies they've used to grow their audience. All right. I'm here with uh, Bjork and Alexa. Thanks for joining me, you two. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, really excited to be here. Awesome. So Alexa, let's start with you. Could you give us a quick overview of what your membership business does and who you're helping? Sure. So um, we run Food Blogger Pro, and it is a membership site at its core that helps food bloggers start, grow, and monetize their food blogs. And we do that with a couple different resources, video tutorials about things from SEO to WordPress, different plugins, uh, working with brands, pretty much anything you need to know to start, grow, and monetize your food blog. We have video tutorials about them. And we also have a awesome community forum where all of our members are able to connect and collaborate with each other. If they have questions, they can troubleshoot their too. Then we also invite some industry experts into the forum to help with those really tough questions. Then we also have just exclusive deals and live Q&As every single month. And in general, my favorite thing about Food Blogger Pro is just helping our members feel confident in doing what they love to do. So I think that's at the core of our business is just helping people do what they love. Yeah, I like how specific that is, right? Food bloggers specifically, like (laughs) off the top of my head, I wouldn't have thought, oh boy, that's definitely a great business opportunity. But it sounds like you've clearly made it into one. So that's probably a good thing for other people out there listening to think about is that being specific with a niche like that is actually can be really beneficial, even if it might not obviously be a huge market when you're first thinking about it. So Bjork, if you could kind of jump in with what's been the pricing strategy for Food Blogger Pro? Yeah, for sure. We are actually just right in the midst of this. Alexa just led this huge transition as we were switching things up and essentially just refreshed a lot of things on Food Blogger Pro. And uh, one of those things was the pricing and also how we do the marketing. So we've only changed pricing three times over the past like six years, which we probably should be tinkering with that a little bit more, but we've really focused in on the content for members, as well as the content that we're creating as kind of top of the funnel marketing. And we haven't really monkeyed around with pricing that much, but we just did recently. So we started out way back when $25 a month, or I think it was 200 a year or something like that, or 250 a year. It was a discounted price. A little bit later on, we updated to 29 a month or 279 a year. And then we had this interesting shift. It's not really a pricing strategy change, but it was a marketing change where we went from always being open to marketing seasons where we only had a short period of time where we were open. And that worked really well for call it two years. But then what we started to notice was it wasn't as effective and we were actually, there's some downsides with it. So just recently we made another change, which was going back to always open for a membership site. So at any time, anybody can sign up and again, change the pricing. We kept it monthly or yearly. Those are the only two options that people have, but we changed it to 35 a month 
or 350 a year. And more than anything, it wasn't some really, you know, smart research based decision. It was just knowing that we're continuing to add value to the site and reflecting that in the price. So obviously we've worked on it for six, seven years now. Over that time, it's gotten more and more valuable, and uh, we wanted to reflect that in the price. So we've just recently changed to 35 a month or 350 a year. So pretty plain vanilla when it comes to the pricing. Cool. So what kind of feedback have you gotten from customers every time you've changed the pricing along the way? Yeah, it's that's a great question. I don't think we've gotten a lot of pushback. I think part of that has to do with how we've communicated it. We've been really intentional to let people know about any pricing change that's coming up. I think there's an, a marketing element to that. You can say, hey, it's a great time to sign up now because prices are going to be changing. Uh, but I also think it helps on the other side where people might come back and say, hey, I didn't know the price was going to increase. Well, if you're really intentional to communicate that, people will be aware of it. But Alexa, anything you'd add to that in terms of people that have given feedback or questions that they've asked around the pricing change? Yeah, I think one other thing that has been really helpful for us is that we grandfather in our current members. So we don't just raise the price on these people who've been paying us, who have been um, using our resources, connecting with us for years and years, or maybe just months. But um, we had a like Bjork said, we communicated a cutoff date that said, you know, if you're a member by this date, you get to lock in that low rate. And that also helped, you know, get some of those last minute sales. And I'll say this, I think it's one of the things that we learned and we have learned over the years is how intentional you have to be with communication. And that's one of your superpowers, Alexa, is you're a great writer. And that's why it's this role is so awesome for you. And one of the things that we learned going through it is like, it's really hard to communicate changes in pricing because maybe people skim, they don't quite get it. Even if we're able to communicate it really clearly, people will still have questions about it. So I think that was a lesson learned for us as we got into it was just how intentionally you have to be about clearly communicating even things like, hey, the price is going to increase, but it's not for active members. And we can say that, but people will still have questions about it. So I think for anybody listening that does have a membership site that's thinking about doing any price changes, it's an important note to be aware of that there's probably going to be a lot of questions. And as many ways as you can communicate that, the better, whether that be through you know written email, maybe it's a putting together a video to explain it a little bit further, because undoubtedly people will have questions about it. And that was one of the things that we learned as we went through it. Yeah. Over at Memberspace, when we've changed pricing or, or updated it, you really do have to repeat it multiple times to people letting them know it's changed. Right. You have to also be very clear that they are getting grandfathered or grandmothered in because people will naturally jump to sometimes the wrong conclusion because other companies in the past, not us, but other companies haven't always treated people the right way. Right. They'll just kind of be, oh, by the way, your bill went up this month and, and people just assume everyone's going to do it, you know, the wrong way like that. So you're right. Yes. that And you also bring up a very good question. What is the gender neutral term for grandfathered in? Grandparented in. That's what we'll say from now. You have been grandparented in. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> uh, all right. So Alexa, we'll jump to you now. What audience building tactics has Food Blogger Pro try that that has worked so far? Yeah. So two instantly come to mind and then maybe Bjork, you might have some other um, examples, but uh, first and foremost, we kicked off having free events to kick off enrollment periods. So back when we had open and closed enrollment periods, we would hold an event right before that enrollment period that was free, but it offered a lot of value and it kind of gave people some insight in depth 
how we do things at Food Blogger Pro. And then we gave people the option to join Food Blogger Pro, the membership site, before we officially opened for enrollment. And we offered a bonus, like a masterclass, which ironically, we're actually doing next week. So we had a bit of an incentive. And it was just a way to get people excited about Food Blogger Pro, get people kind of thinking in the Food Blogger Pro mindset. And it also just gave people an option to join a little bit earlier. So it was kind of like an exclusive club kind of thing. And then another example would just be the podcast. We actually have a podcast of our own. Um, it's a little inception-y talking about our podcast on another podcast, but it's just called the Food Blogger Pro Podcast. And we publish new episodes every week. It's on Tuesdays and we're just there creating helpful, awesome content. And I think it's really important that we have that podcast because it gives us an avenue to always be there. People are expecting us to be there in their podcasting app every Tuesday, and it's just a great way to stay in touch. Yeah. Bjork, if you could quickly share one or two examples of what hasn't worked when it comes to the business. Sure. Yeah. I think one thing that that comes to mind right away is we've tried to use Google ads in the past and it hasn't worked very well. The exception to that is branded ads. So if we're just doing Google ads for our own brand to make sure we really own that top space, that works okay. But obviously those are people who are searching Food Blogger Pro or some variation of that. Uh, so that's one thing that hasn't worked very well. And we haven't done it for a long time, especially because we were closed for a while when we did the enrollment seasons. It's something that we'll probably experiment with again now that we're moving into a new season of always being open. But in the past, it hasn't worked. But we don't want to assume that means it always won't work. So there's a good chance that we'll try that. I would say another thing that I'll say it has kind of worked, but we haven't really, really gone deep on it is we haven't done any type of system around retention after somebody cancels. So we've kind of done one-off emails every once in a while. If somebody cancels, we'll say, like in this last time when we were raising the prices, hey, if you're interested in signing up again, now would be a good time. But it's just something that we haven't been very intentional with. And I think part of the reason is because we haven't ever found a way to consistently say, hey, this percentage of people will sign back up if we implement this funnel after they cancel. So that's something that we could probably spend some more time with. But those were two that came to mind. We're pretty good at the front end marketing side of things and getting people in. But the one thing that that hasn't worked for us or that we could improve on is some of that retention after somebody cancels. So if somebody leaves, what does that look like to continue the conversation with them? And we have some opportunities to improve there. Yeah, for sure. Retention's a, a major topic for everybody. And it's always something that we try to keep in mind, right? If somebody was willing to sign up and especially if they're willing to pay over however much amount of time and then they left because they weren't happy or didn't get value or whatever, those people can sometimes be easier to get back than getting brand new folks. So that's a good lesson for everybody to kind of keep in mind. Mm -hmm. So Alexa, what would you say is the number one most effective strategy that people listening to this can learn from you and your business? Yeah, that's a tough one, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not sure this would be number one, but I think it's number one for me. And it's the first thing that comes to mind is just having a member first mentality because I feel like a membership site works best when you're your member's biggest fans and you want to see them take what they're learning from you, take the resources that you've prepared for them and succeed with it. And we actually have a happiness channel in Slack. We use Slack to communicate with the team because we're a remote team and we share these member success stories there. And we also have testimonials testimonials on our site. And I actually have one hanging above my computer right now. And I just get so happy reading them. It just, it like seeing them succeed is just the best. And another thing that kind of fits along with that is that it's important to establish trust with your members. Um, and I think Bjork and his wife, Lindsay, who 
runs a food blog. It's kind of where this all started, Pinch of Yum. They actually did a really great job with establishing that trust with members from the very first day Food Blogger Pro was up and running because they already had built that successful food blog. And so Food Blogger Pro has always been kind of a way where Bjork and Lindsay have taught other bloggers what they know, what they've learned, and they hold nothing back. So they're like open books. And I think that's just been one of the most important aspects of our site's growth. Would you say anything else, Bjork? Yeah, I think one thing that ties into that is the, it's not so much a strategy as a concept. And I think the concept in the difference between a course and a membership site. And I think some people think that they are creating a membership site in a way that it's like a course where you have this content that people go through and that's it. And there might be some type of membership element that you can create from that, but I really view a course as maybe a one-off payment that people, the transaction is, I want to learn this information. I'm going to pay you to get the information from you in a timely fashion. A membership site is different in the sense that it's essentially something that that you're continually growing. And, you know, it's like if you have a, I'm building this analogy on the fly. So if you have a plant and, you know, you are in the early stages, you are building your membership site and you sign up for member space and, and it's this little seedling, but you have to water it every day and you have to make sure that it's getting sunshine every day and you have to invest in the community. And that's very different than a course. And so it's something that we've done over the past five, six years in different forms, but you really have to think about something that you're growing and investing in on a daily basis. And that the great thing is that value snowballs over time, not only as you become better at teaching the concepts, but also as you figure out better ways to deliver the content or better ways to interact on the forum or better ways to keep people engaged. All of that stuff adds up over time. And it's one of the most important things that I've learned about a membership site. I think a lot of people think, hey, great passive income. Like I'll be able to start this thing and then it kind of works on the side and I'll drink a Mai Tai on the beach. And it's like, you might have that occasionally, but probably in the same way that you would with a normal job when you take a vacation for a week or two weeks out of the year, because it takes a lot of time energy and a lot of effort to deliver something that is really quality. So that would be my encouragement to people to think about it, not as something that's kind of back in the corner, back burner, but really it has to be front and center and you have to do whatever you can to figure out ways to deliver value to members. Yeah. I think there's a lot to unpack there. The member first mentality, I'd say everything both of you said kind of fits into that because, you know, it's a little, mm -hmm. it's a little general, but it also is, is, is a strong statement, right? Like if you really believe that, like as, as a value and you really follow that, the idea of putting your members first is easy to say, but to actually do it in practice mm -hmm. is a different thing. Mm -hmm. Also, the idea of the value snowballing, I like that. Because from your member's perspective, like you said, yes, they're paying money and yes, they're getting X in return, whether that's PDFs, videos, forums, lectures, whatever. But at the end of the day, they're actually not even paying for that. What they're paying for is mm -hmm. results, right? That they, they want to mm -hmm. have a successful food blog. And if you can help them do that, in some ways, they don't even care how you're helping them do that, whether that's a PDF or a video mm -hmm. or whatever. And a lot of people kind of get lost in those details because what they're paying you for is to be successful at what they signed up for, which is a food blog, which it sounds like you guys have really taken to heart. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, a smart thing for everybody to kind of pay attention to out there. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, it, I think that's exactly spot on. And I think one of the things that people sometimes forget is that they think if they set up the components that make a membership site, that is what leads to success, like the pieces behind it. But what really has to happen is you have to figure out like, where are you world-class? And 
where are you uniquely equipped to help people in a certain area? And I think sometimes for whatever reason, we can forget the fact that this is essentially a version of violin or guitar. And it's going to be really hard for you to be an effective teacher if you've only played guitar for three months. Like you have to figure out the things where people are like, hey, I want, I really want to learn guitar from you. What is that thing? And that's one of the most important components of it. Now, the great thing is there's tools out there like member space that allow you to once you've figured out what that thing is, you can then build on top of, you can kind of release the burden of some of the tech stuff, which that's a big burden and just lean into the thing that you're uniquely equipped for. But I think it's it's another important thing. Again, it's kind of conceptual, but it's important to point out that it's really critical that you not just think about the tools and tactics that go into marketing in a membership site, but like, what is the actual deliverable? What is the transformation that people will go through when they consume or engage with your content? And I think those are the things that we're continually learning. It's not, it's not a tip. It's not a trick. It's not a tactic, but if you are able to deliver something that helps people have that transformation, that's what will really draw people towards your content and towards your site. So there's a lot of work that should go into choosing a niche, figuring out what you are interested in continually teaching, things that you could spend two, three, four years working on every day and not get bored and continue to be excited about. So I think you're spot on with some of the things that you're talking about. And we found that to be true for Food Blogger Pro as well. Awesome. So Alexa, are there any resources out there that you'd recommend to listeners? So books, podcasts, courses, that you think would be helpful, especially for people trying to create a membership business? Definitely. So a good book that I recently read was Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. I think that was a Bureauk recommendation, actually. Um, but it's all about thinking of your customers and your members first in some ways that you can just over-deliver. And it's actually just a very simple but really awesome read. And I would definitely suggest that. Another resource that you guys might be interested in is Member Site Academy. And they kind of teach you the ins and outs of running a membership site. That might be something that is of interest to you guys. So it's a membership site about membership sites, again, with the inception. Do you have any other recommendations, Bjork? Yeah. So there's a book that I read that I really like, and it's by an author who talks a lot about buying and selling businesses. And I'm trying to remember the name of it and I should have jotted it down. It's something like the recurring customer. I'll, can I do a quick search on this and pull it up uh, just so I have it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll add it to the show notes afterwards. We can always find it. It's no big deal. Okay, I'll pass that along. But it's a book all about essentially recur adding recurring elements to any business. So the thing that I loved about it was it wasn't just saying, hey, you're going to build a membership site as your main thing, but it was thinking about, hey, any business that is out there, and I think this is really important and one of the reasons why Memberspace is so awesome, any business that's out there could have some type of recurring element to it. And that book was really eye-opening. And it's I've started to see traditional businesses like an HVAC company that are being really strategic about saying, hey, how do we layer in as part of our business model the power of a recurring subscription? Uh, so that it, it was a really insightful book and really impactful, but not impactful enough for me to actually remember the name of it. So I'll pass it along to you and we can put it in the show notes after. Great. So in closing, Alexa, how can people learn more about you and your business? Uh, great question. You can check us out at foodbloggerpro.com or the Food Blogger Pro podcast on your favorite podcasting app or at Food Blogger Pro on any social media platform. 
Great. Thank you both for all your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for welcoming us on and for chatting a little bit. It's fun to be on the other side for a podcast and uh, really excited to do whatever we can to help anybody else out that's interested. So reach out anytime. We're here. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. There's a direct link in the show notes. We really appreciate it. Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace. MemberSpace makes it easy to run a membership business by plugging into your existing website so you can protect any page content you choose. Your members can also sign up and manage their account without ever leaving your site. Learn more and start a free trial at memberspace.com.